Hello and welcome to Legal Thinking, I'm Liam Pape. And that is usually where my dear friend and co-host Ed Wooten would usually chip in, but he's away for a few weeks, so I'm left here all by myself. Alas, he'll be back soon. We start off today's episode with a letter from a Mr Paddy or Furniture. He writes, Dear Legal Thinking, First time listener, long time writer. I'd just like to say how much I enjoy the insight and expertise of your host Liam Pape. I think his dulcet northern tones mixed with an interrogative yet non-confrontational interview style is something that many from the TV news can learn from. I've heard he's dashingly good looking too. Hold on, it goes on like this for a few pages. Exceeding professionalism. Yada yada yada. Should be the next James Bond. Ah, here we go. He writes, I also have a question. I've developed a machine that can help you quickly and efficiently clean garden patios, but I don't know anything about how to trademark or patent the design or idea, or even what intellectual property rights are. Please help. Well, Mr. O Furniture, we've recorded an interview just for you. I'm joined by IP lawyers from RWK Goodman, Charlotte Ebbett and Stephen Welfare. Earlier this year, Charlie Ebbett and Stephen Welfare attended the National Association of Jewellers Awards and presented the prestigious Designer of the Year Award, which RWK Goodman was a proud sponsor of. This award was a perfect fit for RWK Goodman because they operate the Copywatch scheme for the NAJ and have done so for over 25 years. So Stephen, can you explain a little bit about what the Copywatch scheme is? Uh, Copywatch, it's a bespoke intellectual property advice and protection service, which is offered by uh, the NAGA. Um, and I should add also other member uh, organisations within the Allied Trades Federation, which is uh, a, a combination of trade bodies, uh, to its members, to their various members, entitling them to intellectual property advice, which they receive from both ourselves and also from trademark attorneys. And for complete uh, clarity, what is meant when you talk about intellectual property? Yeah, Ed's got uh, nothing to do uh, with uh, clever real estate. Uh, Intellectual property here uh, is the collection of uh, intangible uh, property rights, um, wherein various um, rights such as uh, uh, copyright uh, and trademark um, are are exercised by by those owners, um, so um, they can be various associated rights, um, such as passing off um, confidential information, trade secrets. Uh, all of all of these things are are part of that collection of intellectual property rights. And. Under the Copywatch scheme, lawyers, including yourself, Stephen and uh, Charlotte, attend major trade shows at the Birmingham NEC and in London to offer on-the-spot advice to NAJ members who are exhibiting or visiting. Uh, apparently, this can lead to some interesting or, on occasion, some bizarre queries. So it's not uncommon when you're walking around at these uh, trade shows to see suspiciously similar products on, on different stands. And I'm sure uh, Stephen can attest to this over his uh, years of attending. I think the, the, the most 
bizarre or, or sort of oddest product that I was ever asked to give some um, advice on, on on the on the spot was um, a range of knuckle dusters um, that had been created by um, one of the exhibitors there, and they were asking whether it would be be possible to protect them as registered designs. Um, but yeah, uh, not not the most usual product, um, but but certainly an, an, an interesting one uh, to to look at. And Stephen. Oh, so many uh, uh, more than we've got time to list, I dare say. But following on uh, fr- from uh, Charlie's uh, reference to knuckle dusters, uh, uh, probably the most infamous uh, occasion uh, at a trade show uh, was where um, a client, a client of ours, um, alleged that somebody else had a knockoff of one of his products on his stand. And I wanted uh, uh, immediate action. Um, but before my colleague and I were able to intervene, um, he took the law into his own hands, stormed on to the uh, other chap's uh, stand, confronted him, uh, and it kicked off with uh, punches being thrown, uh, resulting in, in my colleague and I having to separate the combatants. Uh, and and I had to then keep my uh, client uh, d- literally with his head down um, uh, uh, to avoid um, the, the security services and the police. So when they when they turned up, uh, everything was calm and calm and serene. So um, it sounds like it's a very violent place of knuckle dusters and fist fights, but but, <laughs> but it, it isn't. Uh, it's, that that they they were but exceptional cases. Yeah. So it sounds like you're really going the extra mile there for your clients as well, Stephen, by protecting them from physical altercations. Yeah, yeah, I should have charged danger money, but but no, 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 no it's much more simple uh, 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 and boring. Um, but there we are. Got it. So down to business, Stephen. Uh, what are intellectual property rights? Yeah. So the main intellectual property rights, registered rights, are patents registered design and trademarks the unregistered rights are copyright and unregistered design rights the associated rights as i mentioned earlier are things like uh, uh, passing off and confidential information trade secrets and so forth and charlie can you talk a little bit more about trademarks yes of course um well trademarks are a huge topic in their own right and i could probably do an entire podcast um just on trademarks um but i'll try and keep keep this relatively brief um so a trademark in its simplest form is a sign which is used by a trader to differentiate its goods from those of other traders uh and if you think about a brand um sort of in in olden times um this was developed out of you know farmers and herders literally branding their animals with a mark to show that the animals belong to them and whilst it's become um rather more sophisticated since since then um essentially a trademark is used to communicate um where a product or a service has come from and a trademark can take many forms. It can be, you know, words, so a brand name. It can be a slogan, um, a design or a logo, domain names, um, shape of goods and packaging can be a trademark, as can more unusual things such as smells, sounds, colors, and even some moving digital images. These, these can all function as a trademark. And as Stephen said, 
uh, earlier, trademarks can be registered. They can they can also be unregistered. Uh, but the benefit of having a registered trademark is that it gives the owner the right to exclusive use of that mark in connection with the goods and services for which it's registered. Um, and that means that you have the right to sue anyone who uses an identical or similar trademark um, in connection with similar or identical goods and services as you. Um, and in the UK, a registered trademark can last indefinitely, provided that it's renewed every 10 years. And uh, trademarks can be really valuable assets. And we saw in 2021 um, that ASOS paid, uh, I think it was £265 million pounds for the, the Topshop, Topman and Miss Selfridge brands. Um, and also trademarks are really interesting because um, they're sort of around us all the time. There are trademark disputes going on um, all the time. So at the moment, um, and this is relevant to the cost, cost of living crisis, you might have um, seen recently in the news about the dispute between uh, Lidl and Tesco, whereby Lidl have alleged that Tesco's uh, use of its club card logo, so the, the, the blue square with the, the yellow circle, infringes various Lidl trademarks. Um, and, and that's you know, um, going to be go to trial next year. So, um, and, and and we've seen, um, you know, over the years, all sorts of different um, famous trademark cases from, from you know, um, Christian Louboutins, red soled shoes, um, to uh, Colin the Caterpillar, all sorts of cases um, in the news and, and that are really interesting. Um, so yeah, trademarks are great. <laughs> You mentioned there that trademarks can be a registered right. What yep. are the other types of registered rights? Yeah, so I, as, as Stephen said, IP rights fall into two general categories. You've got registered rights and unregistered rights. Um, registered rights are granted basically once you've applied to an official body. Um, and in the UK, that's the UK Intellectual Property Office. Uh, and aside from trademarks, the other registered rights are patents and registered designs. Aha, patents. So on patents, what is a patent? And is it patent or is it patent? And if you want to explain a little bit about novelty as well. Well, I'll probably answer that one uh, as uh, patent is the most ancient of the of the rights. Uh, and obviously, therefore, I'm instantly more qualified to talk about that than, <laughs> than, than, than Charlotte, uh, as I am the more ancient of, of, of us. Two. But so it, it dates right back to... Um, uh, the royal prerogative uh, and um, rights were, were granted monopoly rights uh, to, to inventions by uh, the use of the royal prerogative through uh, what was called uh, letters patent. Um, so it doesn't matter uh, whether you refer to the right as a patent or a patent. Lawyers and attorneys uh, refer to the grant of a patent but as I say, it, 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 it comes initially from uh, the grant of letters patent. So uh, it's not incorrect to refer to it uh, as a patent. Um, a patent is a, a registered right. Uh, and once registered, it grants to the owner a monopoly of 20 years um, during which that owner can exploit it. It's there to protect industrial, re uh, industrial invention. Um, to qualify for a grant of patent, the invention must be novel, which we understand to be new. It must involve an inventive step. 
And thirdly, it must be capable of industrial application, which, to put another way, uh, means ideas, notions, and even discoveries themselves are not patentable unless and until they are embodied in an article or a process that is capable of business exploitation. A novelty means uh, that it must be new. So when filing the grant of patent, the invention must be new. Well, what does that mean? Well, it means um, that, that it must not already be known to the public. That's what we call uh, being part of the prior art. If any details of the invention can be found in the prior art, then the application will fail. The public here is the world at large, not just the UK. So it's imperative that the details of the invention are kept secret until after the application has been filed. Um, some examples of the sort of things that are capable of a grant of patent are all sorts of mechanical devices. And that could be something as simple as a mousetrap. Uh, it covers methods for doing things, such as the methods for dyeing or bleaching of fabrics. It can cover chemical compounds, for example, a new drug, and this is perhaps the most used uh, area for patents these days, and certainly uh, can lead to a lot of litigation. Um, and also it, it includes mixtures of compounds, uh, for example, hand creams. Uh, what unusual products or inventions have been granted a patent? I, I can't, I can't, I can't say whether all of these weird and wacky applications uh, ended up uh, being granted. Um, but you can access applications themselves uh, in the IPO website, and they are indeed uh, quite weird and wacky. Um, and so I'm, I'll give you three examples. Uh, one uh, was for an adult advent calendar. Uh, sounds innocent enough by itself, um, but uh, it consisted of 25 windows, uh, like your ordinary chocolate calendar. Uh, but <laughs> but in this case, behind each window were different condoms uh, with a sexual position uh, that you could presumably uh, try out. As I say, uh, no idea how far that got. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas, indeed. Uh, another 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 application. Uh, this is almost unbelievable, uh, was for a spider ladder. Yes, literally a little latex ladder, uh, which you could put into your bath to help the spider climb out of the <laughs> sink. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, and uh, perhaps one more um, is a, a portable seat. Um, this is, um, a, 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 well, it would have been if it had gone into production, uh, a padded seat, which you strap around your waist um, so if you, when you get the need to sit down, uh, <laughs> you can sit down anywhere and you've immediately got uh, attached to yourself a nice uh, cushioned seat, uh, which is actually pivotable. <laughs> it, it sounds very convenient, if, if not, maybe not fashionable, <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> convenient seat, indeed, yes. 
So, Charlie, can you explain a little bit more about registered designs? Uh, what are they and how are they obtained and what is the period of protection? So a registered design is also a monopoly right, um, which gives the owner the exclusive right to make articles that incorporate that design. Um, so registered designs can protect the appearance of three-dimensional and some two-dimensional products or parts of products and designs. Um, it's it's quite interesting to note that there is no requirement for the design to have any artistic merit. <laughs> However, it must meet um, certain criteria, criteria to qualify for protection. So the design must be new. And similarly to a patent, um, it means that an identical design must not have been made available to the public anywhere in the world um, before the application is made. However, the designer does get a grace period of 12 months after the first disclosure uh, of the design in which to file the application. So um, all is not lost if, if you have disclosed it, but you need to get the application in within 12 months. Um, the design must also have what's called individual character. Um, and this means that it must give a different overall impression um, from any other previous designs um, that, that are already out there. And, and thirdly, it mustn't fall into one of the specific exclusions which are set out in the, the legislation. Um, and these include uh, things like computer programs, um, designs for products which are dictated solely by their technical function, things like royal arms and coats of arms, um, and other specifically controlled symbols, um, such as Olympic rings and, th and things like that. Um, and a registered design lasts for a total of 25 years, um, but you need to ensure that it's uh, renewed every five years in order to keep it in force. Charlie and Stephen, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Legal Thinking. We didn't touch upon copyright and unregistered rights, which is a huge topic in amongst itself, so maybe Charlotte and Stephen can come on again to discuss that. If you feel like you've got an invention that could benefit from patent protection or advice, then our advice is to go see a patent attorney first before speaking to anyone else. Stephen Welfare, who we spoke to in this episode, represents clients in patent disputes, but at RWK Goodman, they don't prepare and file applications but they do file trademark and design applications and can otherwise service all your intellectual property needs. All the previous episodes of Legal Thinking can be found wherever you listen to your podcasts. Do make sure you leave a five-star review on your podcast listener of choice and, and I'll see you next week. Will Ed Wooten be back? Listen to find out. <laughs>